Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details game coming up we're going to talk uh, to our buddy michael rothstein in about 20 minutes uh he started this conversation really on the show with mike and i about russell wilson and we'll uh, ask him about the particulars the money is you know a part of this mike we just can't say we want this guy and you bring him in for nothing but the reasonable amount that it seems like it might look like to bring in a guy like this Makes sense. And so we'll talk to him about that as well as the hirings that the Falcons, they hired three new coaches today. I think uh, pretty much when you start looking at the staff as a whole, it's pretty much wrapping up. And I think Raheem Morris has gotten all the guys uh, that he at least targeted. And there may be a couple of others that they'll add to the staff. But for the most part, the, the main key guys, Mike, offensive, defensive coordinator, special teams, you know, wide receivers coach, things that you might, quarterbacks coach, all that stuff has been done. And uh, Monday we get a chance to hear from Raheem Morris at 2 o'clock. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And as we said earlier, there's so many questions about uh, some of the things that have gone down. Not that we're expecting Terry to throw guys under the bus, and maybe we won't get all the answers, but real curious about, you know, how We much, didn't get along. You know, tell me. It was, uh, you know what I mean? It's, you, know, you know what I figure? It's that like you and me, it's going to be like the scene with, uh, with Michael Corleone. With Carlo, who, of course, obviously fingered Sonny for the Bartzinis. You know when he sits down at the end of Godfather 1 and he goes, Now look, I want, I want to know, who drafted Kyle Pitts? It was Arthur Smith, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, like, you know, and as Carlos, his shoulders slumped, he goes, yeah, it was Bozzini. Yeah, so maybe he'll go, yeah, it was Arthur Smith. It was all Arthur Smith. <laughs> yeah, well, check that. Now I'm morphing movies. Now it's, now it's going to be the usual suspects at the say. end. Now, gonna... now it's Kevin Spacey at the end. It was all Arthur Smith. He made me take all those offensive pieces. I wanted an edge rusher. I wanted Fields. It was Kaiser Soze. Yeah, anyway. exactly. He walks out. He walks out of the interviews, <laughs> not limping anymore. Right, right, right. Uh, but that's going to happen Monday, and and uh, you'll hear it live here on Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game, and then Mike and I, of course, will be down there, and we'll get a chance to talk to Raheem and uh, exclusively, and, and Terry Fontenot as well. So that is all going down. Um, as far as what else is going down today, we've been spending a lot of time on it because it's done, and I don't know if it's a surprise or not. But Dan Quinn back in the NFL as a head coach, he gets the Washington job. Um, we've got a lot more to get to, but right now, let's get to an NFL. Blue! 
NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. Now, Mike, you brought this up about, you know, Michael Parsons and some of the things that are being said in Dallas. Now, he has a podcast, and this is, you know, again, this is fa- rare, fairly new. Right. I, you know, I mean, when you talk about current players who have an outlet, you know, Draymond's doing this. Some people complain, you know, dude, you're still in your, you know, you're playing, and then the next night you've got a podcast out talking about the game. Is it good? Is it bad? People are paying attention. But this is Michael Parsons talking about the Cowboys situation, and he said he got criticism about why didn't you do this or that? Why weren't you playing this role or that role? Here was his response. At the end of the day, we were just outperformed, out-schemed. They had an answer for everything. People saying, well, why ain't you go to linebacker? Guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. I can only play what it's called. I'm not putting out personnel. I've even told multiple players, coaches, that I'm very fine playing linebacker. and playoffs, if that's what y'all want me to do, I just want to win. I do see a Super Bowl in my future. I want to be a Super Bowl champion. I challenge anyone to actually go look at the game film and say, did Micah play his heart out? To go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. It took me a while to even be able to show my face in the public. Wow. Now, we love his frankness. And, like, this is one dude that uh, had never, ever shies away from from comments. But, yeah, if you go back and look at his numbers, look at the numbers, 14 sacks uh, through the uh, regular season, including one the last week of the regular season, and then none in the uh, game against Green Bay when they obviously get smoked. And it, 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 for appearance sake, Carl, it's a four-point game, but they were basically smoked and humiliated down three to four touchdowns much, much of the game. Does it concern you that some of this conversation from teammates or teammates' family members Mm -hmm. is about Dak Prescott? Should that be concerning? Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that, you know, people always try to say that locker room, it's a united front and all that. But still, you know, some guys go, I'm not, you know, we always joke around. Another movie line. Who am I? I'm the guy who does my job. You must be the other guy. And that's that's the departed. But that that's part of it. You know, Dak does seem to fold. You know, we talked about the expectations are higher for Lamar Jackson. They're higher for Dak Prescott because there's a place they had never gotten to. And fans are going to say, look, if you don't, how many chances are you going to get at that to grab the brass ring? And Dak just continues to spit the bit. So, and you want to be a good teammate, but, you know, when you, what's the definition of insanity, my man, right? Yeah, it is. Doing the same things over and over. Uh, the Ravens, by the way, we thought that they were going to hire their defensive backs coach, Darnett uh, Denard, should I say, Wilson. Mike, he gets the defensive coordinator's job with the Titans, which then opens up the Ravens' job, and they give it to Zach Orr, right. who was a former Ravens linebacker. He was an all-pro He's 31, Mike. He's running the defense now that Mike McDonald uh, mm-hmm. left. McDonald was 36. He's the new head coach in Seattle. So, you know, we talk about all this youth movement that's going on around the coaching world, but either you can do the job or you can't. So Zach Orr is going to be running right. that defense with hey. the Ravens. Look, it was may- maybe we like everything else with the Falcons, you know, unfortunately just star-crossed history. We missed out on the youth movement by a two, a two or three years. Had we made Matt LaFleur the O.C., after Shanahan, I, I still believe in my heart of hearts the trajectory changes in 17. But, yeah, other teams are doing it, and, and certainly there's no, there's no harm in it. Now, we're going to see if everybody can make it work like Zach Taylor has done in Cincinnati. Certainly there's going to be a lot of pressure. You know, maybe that's the pressure Ben Johnson didn't want. I don't know. You know, it's still confused why he bailed out of the commander's job and why they would eventually signed with DQ. Yeah, uh, you're right about that. I do feel that way, too. Uh, we'll never know hmm. uh, because it didn't happen. Right. But uh, speaking of coaches, Dave Canales, who's with the Carolina Panthers, listen, I wouldn't expect him to say anything else, but he said he's fired up to work with Bryce Young. I don't want to say can he fix him, 
because Bryce is not broke. He was in a crappy situation. You fire Frank Reich, you know, four or five weeks into the season. I just felt like it, it was a bad situation for him. But I am curious to see what happens, Mike, because here's the reality. If Bryce Young doesn't play well this next season, mm. they're back in the quarterback business. Bingo. And I know he's pumping his guy up, as you said. What do you expect the coach to say? And, and he's going to be tasked with making it work. Now, they're going to have to get some more pieces. We need some more guys. But they don't have the draft picks because the Bears basically robbed them blind. They did. <laughs> so it's gonna, very curious. The good news is it's in our division, you know, as they continue to struggle. And I'd be curious. He, he's, uh, we talked about his off-the-field stuff. And Canales wrote a book about, you know, his, his life's an open book and, and see what he does now because – you got an owner breathing down your neck who decided to cough up a six-year guaranteed contract. So, if <laughs> yeah. nothing else, it could be another coach who will be getting paid not to work uh, for uh, for a David Tepper. It's a lot. It's Dukes and Bell. It's our NFL Blitz, which is brought to you by Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMen'sMedical.com. All right. This is where we're at with the Belichick thing. It's kind of funny. Uh, people are now projecting where he could end up next year, mm. which is crazy because who would have thought that he wouldn't get a job this year? But, Mike, they're saying it would be ideal for him. And the ideal place is Philadelphia if Nick Sirianni falters in 2024. Philly was very interested, appearing, uh, according to sources, in Belichick. Okay. Uh, at the Senior Bowl, all right, this, this is what Boston Sports Journal uh, Greg Bedard said, that he was talking to people and that they were interested. But I don't think they were willing to fire Sirianni. I, they would have done it. They waited like nine or ten days and didn't do anything. Well, I mean, did Patricia screw this one up, too, for the Eagles? Because, you know, by moving to Matt Patricia over their D.C., who tried to tweak, not just tw- according to the Philadelphia Papers, there was some major tweaks to that scheme, yeah. which didn't work. And, you know, you, you know, the old line, don't change horses in midstream. So, I don't know. Did you say, well, if Belichick comes in, all the cronies come in. Patricia probably stays as D.C. I don't know. I don't know if it had anything to do with it. Or, or Jeffrey Lurie was just at, the, at his wit's end because he feels I've got a, I got a nucleus. My time to win is right now. Same argument we make for the Cowboys. Yeah. And with Belichick, you just need somebody to come in. Like, say what you want about Josh McDaniels. Don't let him coach your team. But as far as an O.C., I think he could get more out of Jalen Hurts than maybe what they got last year. Yeah, and Sirianni, you guys know this. They've changed both offensive and defensive coordinators. He's, he's retooling. Right. Um, but the Eagles, here's the point, could be in the front of the line for Belichick next season Oof. if this doesn't work with Sirianni. So, you know, we talk about places he could go, Mike. That's a place yeah. he could go, and maybe it fits and it works. But I don't know about some of the other jobs that we thought would fit now with, with the way a lot of these owners and management is looking at, at Bill Belichick. Uh, is, is Belichick going to go on uh, like a, a tour now to prove to everybody he's not a blank hole? You know, coming up next on the Today Show, Bill Belichick back in chicken cacciatore. <laughs> yeah, put, in no the oven, put in the oven for 425 degrees for about 10 minutes. He might. I'm, I'm sautéing the the garlic for the spinach over here. I don't know. I mean, this is the brand. I've never seen a, a bigger fall from grace from where he was four years ago to now. I agree. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Greatest coach yeah. all time, blah, 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 yeah. to nobody wanting to hire him. Wouldn't Crazy. that be funny? <laughs> Orange just said in my ear, you're watching like uh, the mass Singer. <laughs> and it's Belichick. And there's a football helmet underneath. And all of a sudden here, it's like. I went into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Bill Belichick. Oh, that's great. And by the way, I have I know that show is huge. I've never watched an episode. No, you couldn't pay me to watch one episode. Even with Jenny McCarthy bursting out of whatever she's wearing, I, you still can't pay me to watch that nonsense. <laughs> the mad Singer. Hey, man, uh, here's what Bill Barnwell says if we want to move to number one. Falcon fans, tell us what you think. We got to give up the number eight overall pick, which is where we currently sit. 
the 43rd pick, which is a third rounder this season. 2025 first and third, 2026 first. Do you want to go get the number one overall pick and go get the best quarterback in this draft? Mm. And everybody is a consensus right now. We hadn't seen him at the combine or personal workouts or any of right. that, but there is a consensus that that guy is the kid out of USC, Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams. Mike, do you go do this and say we're all in? <laughs> so – as we said earlier, that'd be your first round. You'd swap, so you'd trade eight with the number one, and then you'd give up your number one pick, maybe a second round of the following year, and then the third year, 19, the 2026, another number one. That's that's the valuation that some people are putting out there. and That's it's a, a lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. I, I don't know, man. I know that Russell Wilson does not get everyone fired up here, and I know that – and nor does, you know, Justin Fields, but boy. But then again, but if you get it right – you know, like the Rams say, blank those picks, right? Yeah, but, right. But, but the thing is, do we have enough? See, we still have to find an alpha edge rusher. We do not have that. We need to find a Bosa. We need to find that guy right now. You know, wh- wh- whoever you value is like that that stud edge rusher, T.J. Watt. That's what we don't have. And if we if I can get that and pull this off somehow, then we then I feel much better about the future. Can we do all of that this spring? Nah. I mean, I think you got to go. I, you're going to commit to it. See, that's the thing. We, we tried, with all due respect to Ebicady, and he's gotten better, but he's still not a difference maker. He's not a guy. He's a rotational guy. Yeah. You know, if you if you go and get a Jared Verse or Dallas Turner, I think Turner more than, than Verse, you've got a guy that, you know, could could be like the you know that, that Aaron Donald force, you know, whether you use him in the edge or in the middle. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, Mike. I, I'll say this, though. Um and maybe, you know, some people will think this is giving, giving him too much props. But I got to be honest, before he got to Baltimore, they didn't have this. And I'm talking about Chuck Smith. Right. And, Mike, right, coach. there were a bunch of guys on that off- defensive line, Metabuke, right. all right, uh, uh, Jadavion Clowney rejuvenated his career, Kyle Van Noy had sacks. All of that wasn't happening before he got there. Right. Point is, maybe that has a little bit of something to do with it. You know what I mean? Well, look, I, we've said this for years. It's Chuck Smith comes on the radio. Guys get energized just listening to Chuck. He makes, you know, I don't put his money on it. He makes money before he got back into coaching, consulting for the draft because he's really good. But because he's outspoken and he's got a larger-than-life personality, the button-down Falcons didn't want to touch him for the better part of a decade. That's what it's about. That's where it's at. Well, he went to the right place. He went to the right place. It's, the right it's place. a darn shame because you think of it, all the guys that have come through here. Could Chuck have gotten more out of some yeah. of these busts that we yes. rolled through Atlanta? Could could he have lit a fire under Vic? I don't know. Maybe Vic's that guy. I don't know. You ne- no one's going to get to him. But seriously, Chuck is – you're right, Carl. That's a great point about what he's done with the Ravens. And, well, and we've just, ignored a great resource that was literally 15 miles from Flowery Branch the last decade. Well, everybody wants to talk about this Ravens defense like all these guys were getting sacks. It, that didn't happen until this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know – Adafe, Metabuka, all these guys. Go look at the numbers. Yep, look at the numbers. And, and and so I'm saying that to say, yeah, we do need a dude. Don't get me wrong. I'd right. love to go get a Bosa. But is the right coach going to coach him up? That's right. That's the, All that stuff happened because of the coaching. All right, uh, Big O, do we have the sound bite from Sean Alexander talking about Russell Wilson? All right, let's hear this, Mike. Um, this is former NFL MVP Sean Alexander. Uh, he was on NFL Network. This is what he said about Russ potentially coming to Atlanta. Okay, but where is Russell going? I've been hearing maybe Atlanta. That's what I've been hearing, but I'm not sure. Atlanta. Russell mm-hmm. and Bijan. I'm into mm-hmm. that. Okay, why? Why is that a good fit? I'm not sure yet. They got a good tight end. They got good receivers. Of course. Line 
Mine's okay. It's a nice you know, team. like it could Winnable be. Winnable division could... potentially. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It, it is interesting. Mm. That's Kay Adams, by the way. Hey, Kay Adams. Um, all right. We're going to talk more about that. That's Sean Alexander. Where is he hearing that from? <laughs> That's my question. Because these guys in the NFL, right. they, they get this stuff from guys that are in the NFL. Okay? So uh, we're not making this stuff up, guys. We're not pulling it out of our butts. We never do. We tell no, you what's I mean, going on. And we give you, like, just a few weeks ago, It was remember it was Kirk Cousins saying, hey, I'd love to play for Bill Belichick. Oh, so yeah. we, we focused on that for a while. And, and I'm sure there will be more storylines between now and then. But uh, there's a lot of guys that feel Kirk Cousins at 90 million for two is just ridiculous for a guy coming off an Achilles who's one in three in his career in the playoffs. Where look, Russ should have two rings; he's got one. This hour is brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair, driven by excellence, building successful partnerships. We'll come back. Michael Rothstein's going to join us next from ESPN. This- 15 minutes, yeah, man, no, man. Big O will have that for us. But we got to talk to our man, Michael Rothstein from ESPN. And, Michael, you see what you've started, right? Now you've got everybody concerned and worried about <laughs> what the Falcons are going to do when it comes to Russell Wilson. And you're uh, – <laughs> yes, I'm putting this on you. Yep. This is your you know uh, You stoked the flames, right. man. You know what? I, I, I'm sitting right now outside of the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta, and I feel like you're using me as a puppet. So I'm not really feeling <laughs> so good about this. Well, so I'll wait. tell you what. If you were pulling people's strings, man, you got a major reaction yesterday. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this because it's either or, right? It's either Kirk Cousins, okay, coming off of an Achilles, or right. it's Russell Wilson. And for those of you who missed it, basically Michael said, look, give him a three-year deal, $36 million, give him $20 million guaranteed, and let's keep it moving. He's going to get a lot of money from the Broncos once this all goes down. Uh, It's a reasonable deal. Does this really make sense, though, Michael? Is this the way that you really want to go? Well, sorry. So uh, a few caveats here, right? Like, uh when we started this project, uh, I did not know who the Falcons head coach was going to be, and obviously that, or their, certainly their offensive coordinators. So that that was part of it. Second, um, the deal in there, to be very upfront, is would not be a deal that I imagine would happen. In part because, like you mentioned, there's so much offset money there that Russell Wilson may want a backloaded deal, no matter who signs him because he can play for next to nothing next year and make the Broncos pay for it, right? But he may also say, you know what, I don't want to do that. I want to actually have a deal that I feel good about. And then you, you go from there, right? Because you want to be paid what you're worth and you want to make sure you're getting your the value that you feel like you should be getting for yourself and that's for any industry. So part of the issue, and I want to explain this a little bit, Kirk Cousins, not available. Baker Mayfield, not available in this simulation. It's just a simulation of what could happen. So all of a sudden, two quarterbacks that I might have said, they might make a lot of sense, particularly Baker Mayfield, honestly, uh, because of his connection with a lot of the guys on this staff, specifically the Rams guys from a season ago, uh, were not available to me in this particular simulation. And there was no way knowing that we could not trade up in this in this simulation, there was no way that I was going to go in without having some sort of I feel good about this player as a starting quarterback situation because, let's be honest, the three guys who you would say are surefire-ish starting quarterbacks were not going to be there at number eight. Right. They just weren't. So that's part of this. And then when you look at the options that were available in this 
thing. I put in offers for two guys, Russell Wilson first, Geno Smith second, because he was available on this. And then I put a third one in for Joe Flacco on a one-year deal. That was, to me, the best of what was available. And frankly, if you're a Falcons fan, you have to be prepared. That's maybe the possibility. Mm. Uh, I could have theoretically put in a trade for Justin Fields. But again, not knowing the offensive system or the head coach at that point in time, uh, I would not have done that. And I I still don't know if I would do that now because – you have to wonder again. There's to me, there's real questions about Justin Fields, but I've been saying I've been saying that from the rooftops for years, guys. Uh, and the other, you know, the, obviously we don't know what the Dak situation might end up being in Dallas. That was not something three weeks ago that looked like it was something that would happen, right? So that's kind of where the calculus is of all of this. Where I look at Russell Wilson, and I think he could be the best of the options available when we're talking about free agency. And if you're the Falcons, you have to. Do something at quarterback because you know Arthur Blank believes this is a win now situation. Do you think? I obviously, we'll, we're going to try to get we'll try to get all the answers. We're going to talk to Terry Fontenot coming up on Monday after the introductory press conference. But where, where do you feel the interest is for a guy like Fields? Because I would think, like you know, if Arthur is meddling, Arthur would know that it might put some fannies in the seats to get a guy like Fields in here. Sure. Uh, I mean, I feel like if the last staff were here, uh, that conversation would not happen. Uh, you know, they, remember this is a group between the general manager and the head coach with the staff that was here that passed up on Justin Fields to take Kyle Pitts. And that was their decision because they liked Justin Fields not as much as Kyle Pitts, right? And you sit there and you say, well, Terry Fontenot is still here. And you have to wonder how much he likes Justin Fields. And you also have to really ask. And I, you know, I said this, I guess it was maybe a year ago or two years ago, uh, uh, when I was doing a hit uh, with 11 Alive, and we were talking about Justin Fields, and I was just like, if he wasn't from Atlanta, would there be that much Mm -hmm. clamoring for him? Right. As a quarterback, when you look at the numbers, I don't believe there would be. Uh, You know, I I think he's a very intriguing, interesting player, but some of the concerns that have been there with Justin Fields in the past are still there when you're talking about accuracy, when you're talking about decision-making. So, you know, listen, the guy's a uniquely talented player, right? Like, but to me, the, I would just have a little bit of concern. And we don't know what type of offense exactly Zach Robinson's going to run yet. If you look at what they've done with the Rams, which is his only, you know, when you look at his history, it's only Rams. Right. Well, what has it been? It's been largely pocket passers who have a little bit of movement. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Baker, when Stafford got hurt, and then, you know, more Stafford this year. So if they're going to run that type of offense, does Justin Fields fit in that offense? Or does a guy like Baker, does a guy like Russ, who throws a really good deep ball, does a guy even, I mean, I I can't imagine they would bring in like a Ryan Tannehill, but like a Ryan Tannehill, does a guy like that that's more of a pocket, more of a, a pocket presence guy fit versus Justin Fields, who is fantastic with his legs. And we've seen, much like against the the Falcons uh, in December, was that December? Jair was December, December 31st. Like, we've seen he can be very accurate, but we've also seen in games where it's a choose-your-own-adventure novel. (laughs) This is your fault, Michael. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. (laughs) (laughs) I can see what's the sign, baby. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, uh, any concerns with the staff? Staff's been hired. Tell me what you think of the staff. Tell me what you think about what what Raheem did. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are still obviously some positions to go to, to hire with this staff, but a large majority of it is, is hired. 
we don't know what Zach Robinson is going to be as a full offensive coordinator. We know what he did as a passing game coordinator, and that worked really, really well with the Rams. But also remember, he had Sean McVay there handling a lot of that, right? So I'll be curious to see what that looks like when it's just a Zach Robinson offense. And we don't know what that will be. We don't know how much of it will be carbon copy-esque of a Sean McVay offense, or is he going to have different principles that he's going to want to bring in from his playing days or, you know, some of the other stuff maybe he's just seen. Uh, defensively, um, I, I reserve judgment until we know who is calling plays. If it's Raheem, Mar- if Raheem Morris is calling plays and it's a similar situation to what we saw uh, with Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone where Jimmy Lake's coordinating stuff and handling it, fine. Like, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. If it's Jimmy Lake that's calling plays, then you've got a first-time offensive coordinator and a first-time NFL defensive coordinator. That would ha- I would have some concern there that there might be some learning curves uh, to figure that out. Special teams, listen, you retain Marquise Williams, one of the better special teams coaches in the NFL, really like that move. I think the coaches they did retain on this staff, very smart in every which way, uh, including moving T.J. Yates to quarterbacks. So I I like the moves they did make. Jay Rogers, a really good defensive line coach, and has has worked with some high, high high-level defensive linemen. So I I think you can feel good about a lot of the moves they made. But, I do, yeah, I do have some questions about the coordinators just from an experience standpoint when it comes to making these calls and making these plays on an NFL level because that, you know, that that was not – that was not really – a concern for much of the time with the last staff, right? Arthur Smith had experience there. Dean Pease had a ton of experience. And Ryan Nielsen had at least some experience the year before in New Orleans. So there could be some learning curves there that maybe people are not anticipating. Uh, guys, it's ESPN.com's Michael Rostein with us, and he, again, got the ball rolling, talking about some other options for the Falcons. We covered kind of the free agents or trades I know that, uh, at least for everything I'm reading, Michael, unless you know different, it just seems like Bears will go Caleb Williams, uh, Commanders will draft a quarterback, Patriots will draft a quarterback, so the three guys you'd want most, Jaden Daniels or, or May, be gone. So yep. would we try to m- maneuver, trade down, and get a Penix, or we still try to get a defensive end? Or, I mean, wh- where do you think we'll go if we're going to go get it off the tree in the draft? Uh, I mean, listen, I, I, if I'm Terry Fontenot and, and Raheem Morris, I at least see – if I can get up into that top three, mm-hmm. I, I would I would try uh, because I, I think those are your three best shots. But remember this, guys: so quarter, taking quarterback in the first round does not guarantee success. It doesn't. The the streets of failed coaching tenures are littered with failed first round picks at quarterback. They just are. So keep that in mind as well. I, I so to me, unless you're in love with a quarterback at eight, that's why I go get a vet. And I take a Dallas Turner if he's there. Jared, that might be a little high for Jared Verse at this point. But go get an edge rusher because you need them. You're like your, your edge right. rushers you have right now are like they, they still haven't produced at a super high level. Some of them are getting up. You know who knows if Bud Dupree is going to be back uh, as an example. Like your offensive line, we don't know if Calais Campbell is going to come back, and we don't know how some of these guys fit into what Raheem Morris, Jimmy Lake are going to try and run defensively. Also. So you might have to shift some guys around. So uh, to me, I think you look at edge rusher, you look maybe at corner, depending on what you feel about, you know, Clark Phillips, or if you go get somebody in, in free agency. And, you know, then maybe you look at offensive line, 
you know, whether you feel good about Caleb McGarry at right tackle, you know, you still owe him some money, but is that a long-term solution that you want there? Uh, you know, so I think there are going to be options for you to look at. And listen, people might think this is wild, but I think you have to consider a receiver at eight. <laughs> right, right in that spot where we've seen this before. Oh, here we go. No, but yeah, but but right, like it, depending, look at the offense the Rams run. Yeah, you need more they receivers. Have, you need receivers. They, yeah, they they have largely been a receiver based, you know, kind of one three one offense. And right now, you have Drake London, and a lot of your receivers are free agents, uh, you know, and, and didn't necessarily have great years to begin with. So, are you going? To, I mean, you know, and again, this is me just throwing this out there. Like, does Kyle Pitts take more of that type of role? next year and then you and then johnny smith becomes your tight end one like you know or you know or in a hybrid situation again we don't know what zach robinson is going to do offensively there's just a lot of questions there that if receiver is the best player there like same malik neighbors is there right at eight let's just say he's there and he's the best player on your board uh i think it's, you have to really think about taking him like that that's a good thing for atlanta and, and what terry Fontenot has largely done throughout the draft process in his three years here he's going to take who they believe the best players available because they're just trying to accumulate talent, which is why this job was attractive in the first place because of the talent they have. Is Odunze better than Neighbors from LSU? He might. He might uh, Roma Dunes, I think Roma Dunes is phenomenal. I do too. So I do maybe. Too. I, I'm just know, saying, I, I like, if he's there, what, if he's yeah. there, then I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm just, and we've got time to, to, to figure this out, but yeah, you're throwing those names out there. I'm like, I like Neighbors, but I really like Odunze. Oh. Oh, hey, real quick, uh, I just I thought it would go. The thing yeah. is, we don't know, A, who the receiver's coach is, and B, what type of offense exactly they're going to run. Sure. So they may favor a certain type of receiver that we're not used to seeing uh, with Arthur Smith and the last half. And by the way, Michael, we only got a few seconds left real quick. Sure. Uh, I know in some of the scenarios that have been written about, uh, and some by you, would, would they move a Drake London or a Pitts in a trade? <sighs> uh, to get I up mean, to that I, top three. Yeah, I, maybe. I mean, I, I would not move Drake London personally. No, uh, no. Pitts, you yes. know, I, I would not. Drake London and Bijan Robinson to me are the two that are right. like, no, I'm definitely not moving them. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes, and you're you're absolutely convinced the guy's going to be a franchise guy as a quarterback, then yeah, I think you look at certain guys and say, love the player, but if I need the quarterback, like uh, to me, there's only a couple guys that I would be like, no, nah, that's a non-starter. Uh, but that, you can say that about pretty much what every team in the NFL, there's probably four to five guys. They're like, nope, not, not going to happen. Michael, great job as always. Michael Rothstein, ESPN, guys. We will talk to him throughout this process and uh, keeping our ear to the street as the Falcons need to make some moves, and we're trying to figure it all out. Michael, thanks again, man. Have a great day. Hey, anytime, y'all. Take care. All right, guys, coming up, yeah, man, no man's on the way. We'll find out what Big O's got working. Also, at 4 o'clock, we'll talk to Rusty Manziel. I think we're going to see a trend in college football that has already started. We'll talk to Rusty at four about that. Yeah, man, no man's next. It's time for Yeah, man, no man. He's the former MVP of his high school football team. Not really. From New Jersey. The Cavs are here. And gives rapid fire questions. Here's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Chris Thomas. What's going on today, man? What do you got working for us? Oh, my goodness. So, so much, gentlemen. So, so much. Um, let's start here with the Super Bowl. The camera numbers have been released by CBS. CBS is going all, all out. Okay. Going to have a grand total of 165 cameras. and They did the breakdown of this. So, we have 24 with 4K zoom extraction capability. 
24 robotic cameras, 20 cameras embedded inside of the end zone pylons for all the folks who don't think there's enough end zone cam- or pylon right. cams there. 16 cameras dedicated to uh, Taylor Swift. Right. Let's get into that in just a second. Uh, 23 augmented reality cameras, five sky cams, fly cams, three drones, five depth of field cameras, six mm. sets. So they're going to have the camera sets. Uh, Las Vegas Strip in the stadium, 49 replay machines, I guess, because if a ref needs to go to one ref and that Mike, doesn't work, they, you get another one. They better one. not miss a call, Mike. Better not miss uh, a single call. Well, I mean, Roger Goodell will tell you, Carl, is the greatest uh, era ever for NFL officiating. Yeah. <laughs> 600 record, uh, excuse me, record playback uh, channels, and then uh, 19 television mobile units. And my favorite, they are going to embed six cameras in each of the uh, uprights. Doink cameras embedded inside the upright. So we got doink cameras this year, a new mm-hmm. thing for the Super Bowl. That's a lot. Now, how much are we actually going to use is my question, right? I mean, I get it. We want every angle, every possible thing that could happen in this game to be covered. But, Mike, is, is that overkill? Yes. I think so, too. <laughs> But, again, some of that, uh, again, will show up in NFL films and stuff. But it just, you know, all the different uh, ways you can watch the NFL now streaming and uh, all the different, you know, ways they, they do it. I just Are you going to watch any of these alternative broadcasts? No. No. No, I never do. And I, I don't, I mean, look, it's, the world is, that's, you know, you, you like chocolate, I like vanilla, whatever it is, man, has choices. But I just, I like to go with the old school, but some people will check it. I guess, you know, also if you've got like multiple TVs in your dojo, sure. then knock it out, right? You can do a bunch. But to me, I find some of that other stuff distracting. Just give me the regular game. I'm with you. I, I just, because I get so, I get distracted when I'm watching these alternative broadcasts. And I'm watching over here, and there's, you know, they're talking about something. And I'm like, what's that about? And then I'm missing the game over here. So, but, but a big O, I will say this: mm. this is the world we live in, right? It's going to get more and more yep. and more. Eventually, I hope this is the case. We're going to have cameras in these guys' helmets. Eventually, that's the next though. Yeah, you know, a hundred and what is it? A hundred and five or four cameras inside a helmet during football game. Even the guys who don't play a whole lot, I guess. Right. Then, yes. Uh, moving right along. So we had the Dan Quinn news break today that he's going to be the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Uh, it broke during the uh, morning, I guess, TV show cycle on ESPN. So they got a chance to go in and get live reacts from uh, the host on First Take. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was asked live <laughs> about this, and uh, he gave an explanation at the end, but I want you to hear his actual reaction to hear that Dan Quinn is the new coach of the Commanders. All right, Stephen A., I'll start with you. Do you like Dan Quinn as the hire as head coach of the Commanders? No. Ooh. I do not. <laughs> um, I'm not questioning his football qualifications as a head coach in Atlanta. He was decent, got him to the Super Bowl, lost the 28-3 lead with Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. The last time we saw him was in a playoff game where the Dallas Cowboys defense looked horrific. That was our last vision of him. Now, obviously – He's improved the defense by leaps and bounds over the years with the Dallas Cowboys. He had the personnel in place. Uh, but in moments where it really, really counted, they came up short. Just flat out, no, I don't. Yeah. Well, I got to be honest. I was underwhelmed, too. Carl and I talked about it earlier. Carl, I just, you know, that goes Stephen A. Quite frankly, I think they really felt that the, uh, the Ben Johnson kind of, whoop, okey-doke, maybe threw them for a loop when they had to go to plan B or C. Yeah. Or D. DQ. Or, or D. Nice. Uh, well played. I, um... I was surprised as well, only because this was not plan A. Doesn't mean that it won't work. The crazy thing about this particular job is it may be the best of them this hiring cycle. 
you've got a motivated owner in Josh Harris who is a professional sports owner who understands what it takes. He's respected. He's willing to pay and do what needs to be done. And they're going to get a new stadium. They're going to get a new practice facility. Mike, ultimately, this might be a great spot, and the fan base is re-energized So because the old owner is gone. So, you know, this may work out. But as far as, like, if you wanted to do this, okay, you could have did this three weeks ago. Right. I mean, honestly, you, you, you knew he was going to interview for all these other jobs. If you really wanted Quinn, you could have did this three weeks ago. But I felt like they let this play out, and the guy they wanted didn't work out, and this was plan B. So, yeah, I, I get the, the reservations about what this may end up being with Dan Quinn. But I'll say this, Mike, I think he's going to be better his second time around. I do. Right. We talked about you know earlier, like Belichick is kind of one of those examples, and we we're hoping the same thing happens here with Raheem Morris, although it was such a long, long time ago when he was in Tampa, and then we've already talked about you know what happened in, in the interim. But, uh, yeah, I can say that at least for a small sample size, Carl, my four buddies who live in Virginia and D.C. were all like, meh on this one. So we'll see where it goes. All righty, guys. Our last one here, going back to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Sunday, great day. You eat, you drink, you have festivities, it's merry, all that good stuff. And then Monday rolls around. And what is it, Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, is the least productive day at right. work in the entire country or the world, whatever it is? Uh, Dan Patrick, step in Dan Patrick here, a hero, has an idea on how we can fix all of that. I got a grassroots campaign that I want to run by. And I want you to tell me if you like it and what we can do. So it's something to think about when it comes to when the Super Bowl is played. If we have two weeks in between conference title games and the Super Bowl, how about we play the Super Bowl on the Saturday instead of the Sunday two weeks after the AFC-NFC title games. Who's with me? Everybody. Yes. Wouldn't it be great that you have all of this time so both teams get plenty of rest, Saturday is the Super Bowl, Sunday you get to recover. You with it? I love it. I mean, I've always thought that, you know, because, you know, we, we've taken away George Washington's specific day and Lincoln's day, and now we've all, it's all president. I always should just move President's Day back to that Monday. <laughs> But, oh, Dan, yeah. but Dan's got a great idea. There's, there's no reason why – there's no difference between 13 and 14 days off, so why not make it Saturday? Yeah, and, you know, people are saying – I know this has been talked about, Mike. I think we've even talked about making that day a national holiday, you right. know, the day after the Super Bowl. But, yeah, if you're just going to use the weekend um, – I, I mean, I, all you got to do is move President's Day one way or the other and you're good. I, um, the whole <laughs> thing about – you're right, and because it's that next Monday, right? Is that right? right. The, the whole thing about Saturday is does it take away – and look, I don't care. The game's a game, right? I know, but right. people, the, the traditionalists will be like, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. It just doesn't even sound right. Super Bowl Saturday. You get used to it. And yeah, again, everything Dan said is accurate. I mean, the, a ch- now churchgoers who really get hammered will have a hard time, but everybody else will be sleeping in. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree. Big O, I like it. I'm with Dan Patrick. All right, I'll hit my music. There he is, Oren, handling all the duties today. Coming up, Rusty Manziel's going to join us. If you missed Clint Capella earlier today, Clint was talking about the things this Hawks team needs to be better at here the second half of the season. And really, that's what we're talking about, guys. Next week is a trade deadline, February 8th, so it's right here. But coming up next, Rusty's going to join us. We're going to talk about some of the things going on around college football, including coaches leaving to go to the NFL and why they're leaving. It's Dukes and Bell. 
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.